0: Welcome to this third Bible talk in Mark's Gospel. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men And followed him. We've already seen so far that Jesus has been announced, that he has been anointed, acknowledged and approved. He has been announced by John the Baptist, he has been anointed by the Holy Spirit, he has been acknowledged by a divine voice from heaven, and he has been approved for ministry by testing in the wilderness. One year after having been baptized and tested in the wilderness, Jesus learns of the arrest of John the Baptist and enters into Galilee, which is in the north of Palestine, as it then was, or what is now known as modern-day Israel. We now see Jesus, the preacher, do two things. First of all, he proclaims, and secondly, he sends. Well, first, he proclaims. Well, Dick Lucas, another preacher, he said, God only had one son and he made him a preacher. A preacher is someone who proclaims the good news of God. This good news is what we read of in verse 15. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. A new era in God's plan had arrived. The kingdom of God had come near now the kingdom of God is the long anticipated end of history the, the renewal of the world when God would fix things up that humans had mucked up the time when God would rule again the kingdom of God was God's solution to a very big problem Much of the content I'm now going to draw on in terms of the solution to this big problem comes from Peter Bolt. Soon after God made his good and thoroughly pleasing world, Genesis 3 tells us that Adam and Eve rebelled against their creator. Their sin and God's judgment upon their sin resulted in the world being as it is today, which we are only too well aware of. Human, is, human history became marked by pain, difficulty in work, difficulty in relationships, difficulty in childbearing and marriage, hatred, murder, sexual immorality, political organization that excludes God and seeks to overtake his domain. And that's not even going beyond Genesis chapters 1 to 11. As a result of the fall of humanity, We die, and human history is lived under the shadow of death from cradle to grave. As Paul summarizes the story in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. Now, as Isaiah chapter 25, verse 7 says, the nations are covered in the shroud of death. But because God is a God of grace, in that he gives undeserved favor to us. Human sin does not have the last word. At the same time that God pronounced judgment upon Adam and Eve, God promised that one day there would be a solution. The solution would ultimately come in the kingdom of God coming into the world to reverse the pain of this world and to also reverse the shroud of death that covers the nations. It would have to arrive through God's activity, since human beings cannot resolve the problem of death because it is God's judgment upon our sin. As the problem was caused by sin, the solution must involve God's forgiveness of human sin. This forgiveness would come through a person called the servant of the Lord. He would bring salvation to God's people and the nations. And ultimately, this would be through his own death. The kingdom of God would arrive at the resurrection of Jesus, but it wouldn't be fully realized until Jesus returned on judgment day. So Jesus was proclaiming in verse 15, repent and believe the good news. This is the appropriate response to the kingdom of God being near. Repentance means to do a U-turn and to turn back to God and to live his way. Believing the good news means to believe in what the kingdom brings, chiefly the forgiveness of sins. The proclaiming of repentance and belief in the good news is at the heart of Jesus' preaching here, throughout Mark's Gospel, and throughout Jesus' ministry generally. And it ought to be at the heart of our preaching today. For some of us, hearing that the kingdom of God has now come, given that Jesus has been raised from the dead, this will be news for some people hearing it for the first time. Their response should be to repent and believe. For others, it will be a reminder of what we need to continue to do. Importantly, repentance and belief are not one-off acts. They are a living condition. Martin Luther opened the Reformation, which was a very significant time in church history, by nailing the 95 Theses to the door of a castle church in Wittenberg, Germany. The first of these theses stated, our Lord and Master Jesus Christ willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. All people have the opportunity to repent, but it is for a limited time only. When Jesus returns to judge the world, time will be up, and my great concern is that so many people will be found wanting on that day because they have not repented and believed in the good news of god so i urge you to seize this opportunity yourself while it is still available repent and believe in the good news of god so as a preacher jesus proclaims we've seen that but secondly he also sends. Let's look at verses 16 to 20 again. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Many would think that this is the first time that Simon, Andrew, James, and John had met Jesus. However, we know that Simon and Andrew had met Jesus in the period of Jesus being baptized and tested in the wilderness and then coming into Galilee. We see this in John chapter 1, verses 35 to 42. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? come he replied and you will see so they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him it was about four in the afternoon andrew simon peter's brother was one of the two who heard what john had said and who had followed jesus the first thing andrew did was to find his brother simon and tell him we have found the messiah that is the christ and he brought him to jesus Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, you will be called Kephas, which when translated is Peter. This meeting was at Bethany on the Jordan River, not in Galilee, because we know that the next verse said, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. So this happened before the episode where Jesus is walking along the sea of Galilee and he sees Simon and Andrew and James and John. In my view, Simon and Andrew had already become disciples of Jesus. And I think that it is possible that James and John were also disciples of Jesus as well at this time. But here, in this particular passage, in chapter 1 of Mark's gospel, in verses 16 to 20, we do see a development. Jesus was now challenging these disciples to step things up to become further engaged in his mission, to follow him and to be sent out to fish for people. Paul Barnett said, but now as Jesus became fully committed to proclaiming the kingdom of God, they joined him in his mission. This commitment to Jesus would involve sacrifice of prioritizing Jesus over material things and over family as well as other things. So Jesus would begin to train the four. The mainstay of the training would be following Jesus. Furthermore, Jesus' preaching and healing would be the pattern for his disciples to match. The message they would proclaim would be the same as that of John the Baptist and of Jesus. And as it turned out, the four would go on to do amazing things. Within a year, they were visiting the towns of Galilee, calling upon people to repent. In following years, they travelled on Roman roads proclaiming the good news of God. Peter would become an itinerant shepherd to Christian communities in Syria, Asia Minor, Greece, and Italy. Just like the four, we are sent as fishers of people. We are to proclaim the good news of God. This is a huge privilege that we have. So, how are you going? in fishing for people. When I was a boy, my brother and I used to go fishing. I occasionally enjoyed it, but he was really keen and he looked for every opportunity that he could go to go fishing. I was occasional, he was serious. Are you occasional or serious in your fishing for people? If we've been failing in this regard, We need to confess our sin to Jesus and to look to the one who ultimately fished for us, Jesus, and recognize what he has done for us. Robert Stein said, Jesus asks less from his followers than he gives. What does Jesus give? Well, Mark 15 tells us that Jesus was crucified. Mark 16 tells us that he rose from the dead, bringing the kingdom of God with power. When we realize that Jesus died on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven, so that we can enter into the kingdom of God, we cannot help but be transformed and to want a fish for people. The degree to which we realize what Jesus has done for us is the degree to which we will be transformed. Jesus proclaimed the good news of God and he calls on us to do likewise. Will you join with him in his mission? Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for the greatest preacher of all, Jesus. We thank you for the good news he proclaimed and for the rescue that he has performed. Please enable us to fully realize the sacrifice he has made for us and move our hearts to long to serve him in proclaiming his good news and in so doing to fish for people. We ask this through Jesus Christ, Amen.